This is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. Uh, the website, you can find all the information there, is mainlyplants.com. Uh, social media, at Mainly Plants. Contact me however you'd like to. Um, okay, so this week, first of all, I appreciate all the rates and reviews on iTunes and everywhere else. Keep it up. If you haven't taken a second to rate and or review the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you put this on pause. Uh, went and did it real quick, and then press play again. Um, share it with a friend, and it helps me out. Uh, all your shopping needs, mainlyplants.com slash Amazon. Okay, so first thing is it's annoying to me, and I'm just going to get it out of my system like I do here and there on the podcast. It, for some reason, when, when people find out that I'm plant-based or that I'm a plant-based nutritionist or don't eat animal products or however it comes up, it, it see, the, the response is, you know, oh I, oh, I only eat free-range eggs or I only eat, you know, hu- quote-unquote humane beef or whatever the fuck it is, you know, whatever it is. Um, or, you know, I don't eat, I, I eat poultry, but I don't eat red meat. Well, that's, I mean, I understand. I think that it, it probably comes from a place of, of, maybe a little bit of guilt on their part that they know they're doing something wrong or or they're trying to um, showcase that they are trying but I guess I don't know from my point of view obviously it differs from you know every other person but from a nutritionist's point of view who's, who's spent a lot of hours doing the research that's like saying well you know, I, I don't do heroin, but I, and I, but I just do a little bit of meth. Or, you know, I gave up crack, and I only have it here and there when, I'm, when I want to cheat a little bit. You know, it's, it, no matter how you slice it, it's still unhealthy. You know, people say, well, I'm, a, I, you know, I'm going vegetarian or I'm a pescatarian. I say, okay, great. I guess it's, it, it, it is good that, you're, that they're making a, a change, that they're working towards it. But, I don't know, I guess it's, I, from my point of view, it's just nothing to really write home about, you know, because you're still doing damage to your body. And yeah, I guess, you know, we all have our vices. So maybe I'm being a little harsh, probably being a little harsh, but I don't know, for some reason, it's just like, I, you know, when I was in, I was in Cancun last May for uh, one of my good friend's uh, weddings, and I, th- I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast, but... You know, I was hanging out with uh, my friend Lindsay. She's actually, her and her husband are the people who got me to go plant-based. And I was hanging out with her outside at the resort and uh, another girl who was a, a really good friend of the bride. And me and Lindsay were talking to her about how we are plant-based, 100% plant-based. And this girl starts going on this tangent. She's from Oregon. She starts going on this tangent about how she only gets the best meats and she goes to the farm and she can, you know, pick out... The, the the meat that she wants, it's also fresh. It's like, okay, great, fine. Um, I mean, even if you're looking at it from purely a nutrition standpoint, you know, ethics and you know, the humanity of it and the global impact of it aside, because that's not what this podcast is about, but nutrition-wise, you're still doing severe damage to your body. So trying to rationalize it with two people who understand is not the best way to go about it. And I guess it's just, it, uh, it's, it's, it's something that I continually have to practice um, 
not overlooking, but understanding, right? It's hard, it's hard for me to understand, even though I was once there, right? But because I've, I've been doing this for so long, it's hard for me to understand. And I, I think that what I'm realizing now, talking this out and having you got your guys' ear to bounce this off of, I think what I'm realizing is I have to be a little more patient and a little more understanding that they're coming from a place that I was once at. And it's hard. It's, people don't know what they don't know, right? Um, so that's that's one thing. The other thing that I wanted to briefly um, not discuss, but but say, and more of a statement is, you know, I see a lot of a lot of personal trainers, and I, you know, I go to the gym daily. And I see personal trainers there helping clients, quote unquote, helping. Um, I see a lot of trainers and a lot of nutritionists, especially online, who. You know, the, the nutritionists are posting pictures of, you know, beef and chicken, and I'm seeing trainers who are very out of shape. And I, I wonder, if, if a trainer or a nutritionist does not have the body or overall health that you want, why would you hire that person? It, it baffles me. I, you know, I go to the gym and there's, there's a couple of trainers there who are overweight. They're not chubby, fat. They're fat, Pete. They're, they're fat. And it's a bad look to train somebody on getting their body in shape when you're fat. And I don't understand why somebody would hire somebody who does not have a body that they deem as an ideal body or, or even a good body. So I guess my, my advice to you guys is if you're going to hire a nutritionist or a personal trainer, um, me being one of them, make sure that that nutritionist and or trainer has the health and body image that you like. Um, so, you know, if, if you're going to hire a trainer, make sure that they're healthy and, and, the, and that they have the values that you believe in. You know, if you don't believe in going plant-based, that's fine. Evidence, you know, points to the contrary. But uh, you need to make sure that it's not just somebody who's going there to spin their wheels. You know, somebody, it's got to be somebody who's passionate about it, who, who lives the lifestyle. You know, there's so many trainers <clears throat> who go and clock in, put people through the motions, clock out, go home, and don't really give a shit. You need to make sure that you find somebody who, who does give a shit. So a little piece, piece of advice. Um, so this week, <clears throat> I have a dry throat, but that's besides the point. We're doing talking about depression, okay? <clears throat> now, it's been in the news. I'm sure that some of you have seen the report, but according to the WHO, who, the World Health Organization, uh, depression is now the leading cause of poor health and disability across the globe. As of March 31st, 2017, that was yesterday, uh, being that Friday's today that we record and... Uh, and post the podcast. But as of March 30th, 2017, more than 322 million people are suffering from depression worldwide, um, and possibly more because there are so many cases that are undiagnosed. Since 2005, depression rates have risen by more than 18%. Moreover, depression increases the risk of other major diseases and disorders, such as addiction, suicidal behavior, diabetes, and heart disease, which are, in fact, the world's biggest killers, right? So 
if you kind of think about it and break it down, it's not, and it's no wonder that depression can cause these, right? If you are depressed and you turn to substance, well, you might become an addict. If you're depressed, you might have suicidal behaviors. If you're depressed, you might go on eating binges. It's not uncommon for people who are depressed, depressed to eat their feelings and get diabetes and get overweight and high cholesterol and heart disease, right? So these all go kind of go hand in hand. So what are some of the top medications used to combat depression? Well, to name a, a few, and some of these might sound uh, familiar, Lexapro, Zoloft, Cymbalta, Prozac, Wellbutrin. Those are kind of the five most well-known ones. Now, what are some of the side effects? Okay, so I'm going to pick uh, two of these. So let's look at Zoloft. Okay, so drowsiness, dizziness, tired feeling, mild nausea, stomach pain, upset stomach, constipation, dry mouth, changes in appetite and weight, insomnia, decreased libido, impotence, and difficulty having an orgasm. That's just from the side effects of having Zoloft, not from having depression. Those are these, the side effects of having Zoloft. Let's look at Lexapro. Nausea, dry mouth, trouble sleeping, constipation, tiredness, drowsiness, dizziness, 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 increased sweating. Okay, so these are the most common side effects. But then I was digging a little deeper, and I wanted to look at Zoloft. Because Zoloft, Zoloft and um, even Wellbutrin, Wellbutrin in, a, in addition to uh, a lot of those that I've already talked about, uh, stomach pain, ringing in the ears, um, sore throat, muscle pains, skin rashes, uh, uh, hypohydrosis, increased sweating, increased urination, weight fluctuation. So these are all the common side effects, right? So you're probably going to have one, if not a combination of most of these. But the, the serious side effects of Zoloft, because I just picked one, I didn't want to go on a tear and, and list off all of them. So I picked Zoloft. Zoloft, some of the most severe side effects are very stiff and rigid muscles, high fever, sweating, confusion, faster uneven heartbeats, uh, feeling, like, feeling like you might pass out, agitation, hallucinations, um, overactive reflexes, tremors, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite, feeling unsteady, loss of coordination, headache, trouble concentrating, memory problems, weakness, fainting, seizures, shallow breathing, or breathing that stops. So these are all the side effects that you could encounter from trying to combat depression. So what does this have to do with plant-based nutrition? Well, there is mounting evidence that free radicals may play an important part in the development of certain psychiatric disorders, including, you guessed it, depression. Now, there was a study done that took 300,000 Canadians and monitored them for nine years. And what was found was that those who ate more fruits and vegetables had lower odds of depression, stress, and anxiety. Their conclusion was that since fruits and vegetables are rich in antioxidants, their mental health was elevated. So the problem with this study is that it relied on self-reported data. So it's possible that the participants were not accurate in their reporting, right? Well, that's a certain risk that you take when you have that kind of study. But there was another study done. And this time it looked at 2,000 people in the United States, all across the United States. 
and it measured their um, carotenoid phytonutrient levels in their blood. And basically what that is, is their antioxidant levels in their blood. And without going into great detail, I can, I can more than happy to send you the report if you want to email me for it. But to sum it up, it was found that higher levels, in fact, correlated with a lower chance of increased depressive, depressive symptoms. So higher levels of antioxidants in the blood directly correlated with a lower chance of increased depressive symptoms. And more than this, there was what's called a dose response. And a dose response is a direct response. Basically, the, the higher the level, the better people felt. So it was directly related. It's called a dose response. Now, lycopene is the most powerful carotenoid antioxidant. And it's roughly 100 times more powerful than vitamin E. It's actually what gives tomatoes its red pigment. And it's also found in watermelon and pink grapefruit, guava, papaya, and a whole host of other uh, vegetables and fruits. So it stands to reason that people who eat more lycopene have lower depressive symptoms, right? So there was actually a study done that looked at a thousand men and women across the United States. And of those thousand men and women, the ones who ate the most tomato products cut their odds of depression in half. That's pretty astounding if you think about it. People who ate tomato products cut their depression symptoms or chances of, of uh, getting depression in half. That's, that's bananas. And it's, it goes, like I said, it goes beyond tomatoes. They're obviously looking at just tomatoes, but you can eat anything with lycopene. Like I said, guava, papaya, watermelon, pink grapefruit. These are all things with lycopene. And you can fight your depression through your eating. But, you know, don't for one second think that you can take an antioxidant pill and be set, right? Don't think you can skip eating whole foods, whole plant-based foods, and simply take an antioxidant pill and it'll have the same effect. Only antioxidants found in whole foods have been found to protect against depression. Okay, so a pill's not going to do it. You got to get away from the pills. So why would you take a pill that can seriously screw up your body and brain when you can change your diet and fight it that way? It doesn't make any sense, right? Sure, you know, you, you might be able to take a pill and have a quick fix, but that quick fix comes with a whole host of other fractures. Like I said, you don't want to have, you know, drowsiness or, you know, dizziness or, or all, any of those minor symptoms, let alone the, the tremors or seizures or whatever you can possibly get from these. You know, I, I, I've known a lot of people who have been on depression medication. And the one thing that they consistently tell me is that it makes them feel spaced out. They don't feel like they don't like being on it because they don't feel like themselves. But it's like, you know, it's this double-edged sword. It's this catch-22 that either you feel like shit and you want to die or you're depressed or, you know, however severe your symptoms are, or you don't feel like yourself. So, I mean, which is better, which is worse? I don't know. They both seem pretty shitty to me. Switch to a whole food plant-based diet and you'll feel better. Your, your, your mood will be elevated. You know, I can, I can, even if you don't have depression... I can attest that you just feel better. The, the mental fog is gone. The clarity is there. 
You know, you just, you're more cheerful. You have more energy. All this kind of goes hand in hand with combating depression. If you wake up and you're sluggish and you're tired and you feel like shit all the time, you're going to be depressed. But if you wake up and you have energy and you're ready to go kick the shit out of the day, odds are you're not going to have time for depression. So, you know, and, and, and this, um, this is coming from somebody who, you know, I've had depression and I've, I've had it at different stages of my life and it comes and goes. And obviously it's not super severe for me. I've never been on medication for it, but I can tell you that since transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet lifestyle, it's gotten a lot better. And yeah, sure, you know, dep- you know you, there are depressive times um, in everybody's life, but they are few and far between now and they're not as bad as they were before. So as a whole, all in all, I'm on, I'm way ahead. I'm ahead of the curve. Uh, I feel so much better. And I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. I'd be interesting, interested in hearing some of your personal stories. Um, if, you ha- if you have depression, if you're battling depression, um, whether you've switched to a whole food plant-based diet or not, whether you've gotten off your pills or not, let, let me hear your story. Let me know how the pills are making you feel. Let me know if you've gotten off your pills. I want to hear about it. So write me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. Um, along the same uh, uh, topic, there is a trick to, you know, without having to Google if something has a, a good source of antioxidants in it, there's a little trick you can do just by your eye. Look and see if that food browns, if it's, if it's left out. If it browns, it means it's oxidizing, which means that it doesn't have antioxidants in it or doesn't have a good, a good source of them. So if you think about it, bananas brown very fast when left out. Um, avocado is another good, great example. They brown very fast when they're left out. But on the contrary, think about a tomato. We had that example. Think about a tomato. Leave a tomato out, it stays red for a long time because it's packed full of, full of lycopenes. It's packed full of antioxidants. Now, same thing with grapefruit. You leave it out, it stays pink. And same thing with our plant of the week this week, carrots. You leave carrots out, they stay orange. They don't brown. It's because they're packed full of lycopene. That's what gives it their orange um, the orange tint. So moving on to plant of the week, carrots. So I'm going to give you 10 reasons that carrots are great for you, aside from the, um, the lycopene. So number one, it's the old, uh, the old adage that they're good for your vision. Okay. So you get improved vision. Uh, Western culture's understanding of carrots being good for the eyes is one of the few things we got right from the get-go. And they are rich in beta-carotene. Beta-carotene is converted into vitamin A by our livers. And vitamin A is then, then um, transformed in the retina to rotospin. And what that is, it's a purple pigment necessary for night vision. So you have increased night vision if you have a good amount of carrots in your diet. It's pretty interesting if you think about it. Again, this is all biohacking. Everything we talk about is biohacking. Beta-carotene has also been shown to protect against macular degeneration and senile cataracts. Uh, There was a study found that, that was done that found that people who eat the most beta-carotene had a 40% lower risk of macular degeneration than those who consumed just a little bit. So it's good for your eyes. Number two, cancer prevention. Studies have shown that carrots reduce the risk of lung cancer, breast cancer, and colon cancer. Mm. 
researchers have just discovered falcorinol, and another long word that starts with falc that I'm not going to even try to pronounce, which they are hypothesizing is the anti-cancer property in carrots. Now, falcorinol is a natural pesticide produced by the carrots that protects its roots from fungal diseases. This blew my mind when I read this. Carrots have their own anti-pest, their own pesticides built into them. There was a study done that looked at mice eating carrots, and it found that the carrots who, the carrots, the mice who ate carrots showed a one-third lower cancer rate. It's pretty, pretty astounding. Number three, anti-aging. The high levels of beta-carotene act as an antioxidant to cell damage done to the body through regular metabolism. Uh, so basically, it just helps slow down the aging of cells. So yeah, you know, the, the antioxidants do more than just depression. They help the entire body, really. Uh, but in this case, anti-aging. Number four, healthy, glowing skin. Vitamin A and antioxidants protect the skin from sun damage. Deficiencies of vitamin A cause dryness to the skin, hair, and nails. But the vitamins in carrots prevent premature wrinkling, acne, dry skin, uh, pigmentation, blemishes, even uneven skin tone. So it's really good for your skin. It's also a powerful antiseptic. antiseptic and in this I didn't really know. And it's been, it's been used for hundreds of years by herbalists to prevent infection. You can... Uh, you can shred it raw, or you can boil it and mash it and put it directly onto a cut. It'll help uh, alleviate any infection. Beautiful skin again, okay? So this is, this is from a different angle. Carrots are used as an inexpensive and convenient facial mask. What you can do is you can mix grated carrot with a little bit of honey and just put it on your, directly on your skin, and it'll help rejuvenate your skin. Number seven, it helps prevent heart disease. Aside from um, the depression, we talked about how depression can lead to heart disease, right? So this is a little, uh, a little more in depth of that. Studies have shown that diets high in carotenoids, remember those are the antioxidants, are associated with a lower risk of heart disease. Carrots have not only beta-carotene, but also alpha-carotene and lutein. The regular consumption of carrots also reduces cholesterol levels because of the soluble fibers in carrots binding with bile acids. So we talked about how depression can lead to uh, diabetes and high uh, heart disease risks. And this is some, of, some more effects of carrots on eliminating those risks because of those antioxidants. Number eight, they help cleanse the body. So vitamin A assists the liver in flushing out the toxins from the body, and it reduces the bile and fat in the liver. The fibers that are in carrots help clean out the colon and kind of push everything through, right? Moves the waste through your system. So really cleanses the body out. High, very high in fiber. Number nine, healthy teeth and gums. So carrots help to clean your teeth and mouth. What they do is they help scrape off plaque and food particles similar to your toothbrush or toothpaste. They also help stimulate the gums and trigulate, trigulate, <laughs> trigger a lot of saliva, which since saliva is alkaline, balances out the pH in your mouth and it reduces the acid 
which helps promote acid is helps promote cavities with bacteria. So because carrots stimulate this alkaline saliva in your mouth, it helps to reduce the chances of cavities. Also, the extensive host of minerals in carrots help prevent tooth damage. Number nine, and final point, they help prevent strokes. So, you know, there's a million, there's a million benefits to carrots, but there was a study done at Harvard, and it found that people who ate more than six carrots a week are less likely to suffer a stroke than those who ate only one carrot a month or more. So, Six carrots a week, and you can help prevent a stroke. Toss them in a salad. Uh, I mean, what I like to do is I like to take a carrot and a peeler and just shave it off into the salad. It's kind of like almost uh, like raw carrot noodles. It's awesome. Get it in your diet. And until next week, go eat a salad. <laughs>